Who knows? Like, no, I've no idea who you are. Oh, I've no he... idea. I've no idea. Fuck that. If you get sold on again, the agent will get more money for if you get sold on again. We've concluded, and Sam's agreed that his behaviour has been inappropriate and frankly not what is expected of an England manager. Do you get a percentage of the player's agency and the agent pays to you, the company, because he's done that new deal at that club, or they sell him on and you don't get the part of transfer fee anymore. Rio, right decision? You've got to conduct yourself in a certain way and if you don't, then they've got to be in a position to really put you um, put your, your tenure to an end. I can't get my head around it. Yeah. Opening up to people you don't hardly know. Uh, it's, it's, and it's an of judgment you'll regret for the rest of his life. Gareth Southgate's been given the job, I think, for four games, like a caretaker manager. That takes him through. Obviously, he's got to pick a squad in the next few days. That's quite a difficult situation for Gareth. So, unless you've been living on the moon for the past couple of days, you know that Sam Allardyce has been sacked as England manager. Um, he lasted less time than a Chilean miner. Gentlemen, what? <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, we've got Jack O'Toole and Enda Carl reporting for duty on Gavin O'Callaghan. Um, lads, where are we going to start with? First of all, has he been hard done by? Not as hard done by as the Chilean miners. I'd, I'd point that out there first <laughs> to start with. I'd say he hasn't had as hard a time as they've had. They officially um, made it two days longer than him. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he's obviously saying, I don't know if people have seen his quotes, but basically he said, look, on reflection, it was the wrong thing to do, but he's basically been a victim of entrapment. Um, which I kind of do understand at some point, but then again, he was kind of engaging in a practice that wouldn't have looked best on him as England manager, mm. and you know, is kind of there is a conflict of interest with there with his position as an England manager. So, I kind of agree. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't know, but he'd never give that information if he thought he was talking to reporters. Mm. So it's not a chance. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm all for the for the this thing, if you want to say, or you know, being settled because I think if he's going to engage in that in that practice, I think the public should know. You know, um, yeah. especially just given his role. But given if this had been, say, Sam Allardyce, West Ham manager, is this an issue at all? I don't believe so. I think it all comes down to the reputation of, like, of England, of the FA. He's he, he like he he was slamming uh, Roy Hodgson. He gave out about Gary Neville. He gave out about the FA's r stupid rules. I mean, if you're England manager, you have to have a bit of respect for the FA and the FA couldn't they couldn't let an embarrassment like this go yeah. without punish yeah well like I suppose maybe a lot of people are seeing this from the side of like he is just having a private conversation with people who he who he had put trust in well, he was talking about okay the third party transfers which albeit might be a little bit dodgy but like he was referring to Enner Valencia's transfer to West Ham which nothing illegal actually happened there he was just kind of stating how he was saying it on ways to overcome it, but he was giving yes. advice to these guys who were going to benefit and profit off mm. the you know the sales of players. Now, me personally, I don't really care if a Premier League club makes ten million instead of eleven million on a transfer, <laughs> you know, because I think they're making millions anyway. It doesn't really make a difference to me. But the people in the football communities, it obviously does. You know, it obviously has a significant kind of impact. So I think, and people are saying it was a private conversation. It was under the pretense he was going to get paid 400 grand for this. So it's yeah. not completely like, you know, he's doing this out of his goodwill, you know. <laughs> he thought he was going to get paid for this. So I can, yeah, look, I, I think he's he's got caught, he's got 
cop with his, with his pants down, you know, his hand in the cookie jar, whatever phrase you want to use to kind of describe it. But um, it'd be interesting. There's a couple more, I think, heads to roll that will come out of this. But in, in terms of if he's a Premier League manager as opposed to an England manager, I still think it's a problem within football and English mm. football. I mean, it, it, there's, it's 10-year anniversary since the last corruption scandal in England anyway. So it's obviously, you know, if there's money to be made, there's going to be scammers and there's going to be people, vultures, you know, that are <laughs> going to be uh, looking to pick off the, off the uh, corpses. What do, you, what do you think about the whole 400,000 thing about flying into, I think it was Hong Kong or well, it was some kind of big Asian city. But Daniel Pet- Taylor had a piece in The Guardian this morning that was basically stating like every single manager in the history of England has gone on these kind of PR trips where they're mm-hmm. paid a excessive amount of money to basically stand in a room uh, drink wine and shake people's hands is it part and parcel of the job or do you think this he would have been travelling there with complete cynical side to it well he's going to be going on these visits anyway it just it's all, it all comes down you to... You think he'll still be standing there in a couple of months' time being like, I understand like, that. It, nice. it, it all comes down <laughs> to... you sack me? It all comes down to what he does on these visits. I mean, like, as you said, every English manager ever has gone in these trips, but every English man ever, or every English manager ever has not gone and given advice on how to bend the rules and make mm-hmm. money. Yeah. I mean, what what he does was was ethically wrong. And it... it, it like I'll go back to it again. It's it's a complete embarrassment for the for the English FA to have appointed Sam Allardyce, and everyone was like, "Oh, Sam Allardyce deserved the job. He he put in the he put in the hard hours in the bottom of the Premier League. Kept teams up. Never been never been relegated in the Premier League. Yeah. He's the right man to grind. Sam's Sam's take, not going to take Sam's any shit. Man. Sam's going <laughs> to take, take yeah. this England in England job and finally get this group of players to actually do what they're capable of doing. And then he goes <laughs> and embarrasses the FA and basically just made that decision to hire him look uh, like a complete joke mm. yeah so as far as as like we're all obviously journalism students as far as this goes ethically where do you think the telegraph stands do you think they were right would you call this entrapment or do you think there is any kind of shady side to the way they went about breaking the story there's two ways you can look at it you can look at it if it's in the public interest then the public should know and something like this is in the public interest I mean if the England manager is going and giving businessmen advice on how to how to bend rules and make money. The public should know about that, but at the same time, it's a really really dodgy thing to do. Offering four hundred thousand pound, uh, like flying him to he was going to fly to Hong Kong, and I mean, it's very very shady. And he was he was really really hard done by, but at the same time, like it, the public should have known about it. Yeah, I think it was a litmus test for him ethically, you know, if he's going to take the 400,000, regardless if it was 400,000, it could have been 4 million, but 400,000 was probably the figure they thought this is a realistic thing that he might bite on and it's probably along the lines of what other people have been offered in the past. But no, I don't think there's anything uh, too wrong with it, to be honest. I think it's obviously like you're not going to get that information out of him otherwise. So you have mm-hmm. to see, is this the guy, is he going to pass this litmus test? And he obviously didn't. Like he was he was prepared to go to Hong Kong, accept the fee. He's gonna, he was, you know, offering the information on part of his services. But the only thing with Sam, I think, would be different would be, you know, instead of maybe uh, Sauvignon Blanc and shrimp, <laughs> uh, that maybe Capello and, uh, you know, Sven Gwen Eriksson might take. Sam would probably <laughs> go a pint of carling and, and a pie, you know. <laughs> He ordered a pint of wine. Yeah, snack, <laughs> snack box. Snack We've box. yet to confirm whether this is a pint of wine or not. <laughs> uh, but um, the FA have announced that they're obviously launching a full in- investigation into this. And as part of their in- investigation, they have asked the Telegraph to release to them the full transcripts, which they have yet to oblige. Do you mm-hmm. think, 
if you're going to break a story like this, you need to put everything up on the table, full transparency, because mm-hmm. apparently now there's more other parts of this transcript where they dangled a lot of bait in front of Allardyce, in which he completely rejected and completely did not incriminate or defamate himself in any way. Yeah, yeah. So how do you feel about... I, the I, Telegraph not handing over transcripts as things stand. Well, it's, it's a business plan for them because the, the Telegraph are planning to roll this over over a whole week. There's an assistant manager that's apparently taking bongs. There's two other high-profile managers that have been linked that said they were going to be the ambassadors for him. So as a business thing, the Telegraph are obviously, they've put a year's worth of in, research into this. They're going to, you know, to maximise their readership and the amount of eyes on their paper, they're going to roll this out day by day over a week so people are engaged. Where if they give a whole transcript over to the FA... Obviously, the FA need that to make a decision, you know, mm. on whether Allardyce has done wrong or not. But there's also the fact that, you know, the FA are completely going to, they're going to get their top PR guy on it and he's going to completely spin this out and he's going to reveal the full information, mm. which would completely conflict and probably take away from a lot of the research the Telegraph done. So I've got no problems with the Telegraph not giving over the full transcript, although the FA would like it and they would need it. From a business point of view, I see what they're doing. Okay, and what do you think is held for Sam Allardyce's future? Do you think he can get a management job after this? I, I think he can, especially if the full transcripts come out, because uh, the Telegraph were really, really clever the way they released this story. The Irish Times pointed out as well that it was it was a coincidence that all of the quotes in the article came at the bottom of a two thousand word article, mm. and they they took advantage of people's short attention spans. Like they put mm. they put uh, the four hundred k at the start. Went to was supposed to go to Hong Kong. All these things at the start, but didn't actually put any of the real hardcore material until the end. Yeah. In the hope that people would read the top bit and not read the actual quotes, which, in my view, was also was very 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 shady, mm. and it 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 leads to questions like, was Sam actually <clears throat> doing as bad as people say he was, <clears throat> and did like did they effort? People have to ask, did the FA jump a gun? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they wait for the full transport? They could wait a week, yeah. They could yeah. have waited a week. They didn't have to do this immediately. But, but apparently it's it's Sam's decision, you know, resigned. But whether that's going to be... Yeah, a mutual know, agreement. If that's a mutual agreement or not, you know, it's yeah. entirely there. I'd say i I'd be very surprised if he didn't get a phone call straight away from the FA going, what is the story mm-hmm. here? Well, I think the FA would be worried, like, even regardless. Like, if they had let him stay on and even further down the line, he just gets one bad result. Yeah. All of a sudden, people will start saying, well... It's, you should have sacked him when he was involved it's, in this. But do you feel um, maybe you know, like the way the video's set up, it's it's in a pub. It, it all seems it's set up very shady. But say just it was an England press conference, and a journalist sticks up his hand and just goes, "How do you get around the third party transfers?" And Sam Allardyce just gives a direct answer from the press table in front of all the cameras. Is it would would anybody be questioning it then? Is Anybody going to be saying no? You shouldn't really be saying that, Sam. Or well, I think given Sam's prior history um, and his, you know, the investigation because he's part of a BBC Panorama documentary as well. Mm. So I don't think so. I think the the ethic was, and even in that in that video from the Telegraph, the straight away the, the talk of him accepting payments mm. was, you know, publicly it was kind of like shot down. You know what I mean? So I don't think he'd say it, but I don't think he'd answer that. I think if, if someone asked him that at a press conference, he's going, "I'm the English manager. Like I'm not. I'm not in a position to answer <laughs> I that. Work what are for you the thinking? FA, I yeah, can't I'm not. I'm not talking him. about that." Well, obviously, if there's, you know, if there's a 400,000... But at the same time, you can't just ignore... Okay, you work for the FA, you couldn't really ignore flaws in the system either. You can't just pretend it's not there. I mean, if there's a way around the third-party system, the FA needs to acknowledge that and try to work towards stopping it. Yeah. You could question, like, could could they have done this not as a sting operation? Could they have set up... Just ask the questions straight off on the the record. I mean, 
Like yeah. they they said, as as I said earlier, like like it's in the public interest, so the public should know, and it, journalistically they did well. But could they not have done it in a more journalistic way and sat down with Sam Allardyce? And ask the hard questions. I just, I asked. don't think he's given those answers. I don't he's, think. I don't think he's generally given a lot of permission for these kind of things either. I don't yeah. think he would have. Uh, I don't think he would have criticised Roy or give out about Gary Neville or anything like that there in that interview. But well, he may I mean, have as- answered questions about the third party. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, these English guys, even on the Euros, everything is, you know, there's complete. Mm. The journalists aren't allowed anywhere near the players. They have to be, you know, everything is questioned. These guys are media trained to a T. Like the you know the way the English FA have set up their team, the team is so excluded and like isolated from just general life. You know what I mean? Um, I just don't think. I think there's no way the FA would give clearance for Sam to just talk to a bunch of journalists about like overcoming third party rules. It's just not. It's not going to happen. So this is the only way I believe that they could have actually got the information that they got. And do you think the team itself is going to have any direct consequences because of this negatively? No, I mean, it's not like the, the Sam Allardyce era has ended, I mean, you know Mal- what I mean? Like the Malta guy came in or Slovenia or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Malta are going like, oh, lads, like, this is this is our blessing in yeah. disguise. Like, <laughs> no, it's business as usual. Someone's going to come in and it's just going to be, you know, it, to be honest, like, it's better getting them out now because it, it's not like they've been, you know, they've really been engrossed in this Sam Allardyce style of play. Or it's, it's Now it's a complete, yeah. it's not like the yeah. middle of a qualifying campaign where it's like, oh, they're going to What is change. a Sam Allardyce style of play? I mean, yeah, it depends, isn't it? Like, it's launch, launch it up top, play it to the forward, kind of, you know, play off that, be defensively strong. It's not, you know, it's nothing, uh, it's not as complex as a Guardiola system. Like, it's not groundbreaking, you know? That's not what he says. If he was Aladici, he'd be a genius. It's Aladici, yeah. <laughs> so who's your favourite to take over full-time for the next manager? Um, Gareth Southgate is the favourite at 8-11 to with Paddy Power, but... Um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see personally. I'd like to see Eddie Howe. Um, although I, I wouldn't. I don't think this is the right time from there. I ten think to one, by the way. Ten to one. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Get that for commission those, later, Paddy. For those that have a business interest <laughs> in, in, in this appointment, um, Steve Bruce. I mean, to be honest, I see that as one A, one B with Allardyce in terms of football yeah. perspective. Style. I don't think it's more or less a clean swap. Isn't it's it? his it's twin brother. Yeah. yeah, you know, in terms of uh, football managers, it's that uncle who gets ridiculously silly um, at the wedding. Though. The one, I'm, the one I'd be very interested in. The two, I think Howe. I think Howe is. I'd like to see him with an extended run of Bournemouth before committing to the English job because I think mm. he still has I think he's really on a really good trajectory now as a football manager and in terms of his style and his, his uh, what he's getting out of his players and whatnot. but I think the one I'm really interested in would be Arsene Wenger yeah. who is you know just a football he's been linked with it now um, and I think it'd be someone as him who's just the stories of him just being addicted to football like just having no interest in you anything he'll die. else die well yeah, yeah, he, yeah he'll die swinging the sword so to speak you know <laughs> in terms of football and I think I think that role to him because he very much runs Arsenal like like a national team. He knows everything from you know from who's on the under sixteens to you know what what players are looking at who they're scouting, you know. So I think I think that role would really sue him in not being an England manager and having a complete overview of an entire setup. Well, Breen was kind of pulling out his hair there, saying Alan Pardew. So, Alan well, so Pardew I'd imagine there is an office block in yeah. near Selhurst Park somewhere where Alan Pardew is currently doing a little dance. Yeah, it, yeah. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a bad shout, Alan Pardew. Uh, but he, he's been involved in criticism as well. Like, <laughs> he's like, had his own uh, shady healings like, yeah, in the past. Um, like, do you remember when he uh, got the job in Newcastle? And the whole rumour going around us that um, Mike Ashley basically owed him a lot of money from gambling debts. Uh, so it's not it's not really a good ethical start for yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, would, would, yeah, yeah. really, really have to work hard now <laughs> to keep this clean standard or clean would, the slate. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be the smartest decision. I'd like to see Mark Hughes uh, because I think he's he's a man who's been 
involved in English football for a long time. He knows what he's knows what he's talking about, and he's done a great job at Stoke. And at the, at, at the minute, it looks like he's going to get sacked. So if if England England want to keep Southgate on until Stoke get relegated and Mark Hughes gets I'd, sacked, yeah, I take Southgate just given that he knows the uh, he knows the under twenty under twenty one setup. Um, he's been there for a while. He's he knows the players coming through. He's familiar with a national setup. I think he's logical at this stage. But even like it's like Pardew, it's like is Pardew going to mm. get England to the level they want? Like is, is Pardew any better? Than I think Hodgson? it's just the general cycle of you know they just tend to bounce from foreign manager to English manager back to foreign, foreign manager back to American English American manager. Yeah. And we're on you know sixty seven days isn't enough of a cycle to decide that the English manager model just hasn't worked this time. So they're going to give somebody else an opportunity to yeah. fail. Yeah. So you've kind of already narrowed it down. Like there's a lot of names on the on the list really that could well be enticed to take over this role. But I think the public are generally going to have to go for an English manager be- because Just, yeah. if a foreign manager fails again, the questions are going to be asked. But it, if the it, English manager fails, the they, say, oh, they tried. They yeah, tried. It goes with a foreign manager. or like the English managers are too narrow-minded. They don't have a, an appreciation of how world football is played. <laughs> and then they bring in the foreign manager, you know, like a Capello or Goran Eriksson who comes yeah. in with these, you know, different ideas, different tactics, different styles, different ways of nutrition. And then it goes back to, oh, well, they don't understand what, like, mm. what it's like to play for England. They don't know what it's like, you know, the English pride yeah. and, and, and you know, really kind of getting you stuck into these players. They're not going hard enough on them. So it's just a constant so like, cycle between the two. I, I think a lot of uh, most people who seem confident enough it is going to be an English manager. I'll just run through the, the top 10 favourites here and it'll kind of show that it, they aren't really going to lean towards foreign. So obviously, number one is Gareth Southgate. What's the uh, uh, 8 to 11 on. Okay, yeah. Uh, Steve Bruce is next. Then Alan Pardew. Right. Then Glenn Hoddle. Yeah, Glenn oh, Hoddle's quite Christ. a bit. He seems like a dark horse on this. There's a lot of like a uh, lot of online buzz for, for Glenn Hoddle. Mm. Did, you, did you ever hear the... Uh, what is actually on Glenn Hoddle's CV, though? Did, did you ever hear nice. what uh, Gary, yeah. Gary Neville said what about Glenn Hoddle before? He had, did you ever hear that one? No, no? go on. Um, he said that Glenn Hoddle told us to run anti-clockwise around the pitch to boost morale. <laughs> 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 so that that kind of tells you where Glenn Hoddle's at in his managerial career right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, then next is Arsene Wenger, who we've talked about, but he's you know like there's four there's four names ahead of Wenger before we get to a foreigner, and then the first foreign manager on the list years, has been like, in England for twenty years. Yeah. Then we've got Eddie Howe, who is probably still lacking a bit of experience. He's doing incredibly well at the moment, but I think he's still a few years away from being in serious contention. Mm-hmm. And then we have Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah, who's he's also under fire in, in the USA, you know what I mean? He's also on the... Ma- I mean, he did well Despite with Germany. not doing extremely bad with the USA. No. I mean, they, I think they've been kind of a steady curve, upwards curve, as far as it goes from where they have been in the 90s to where mm-hmm. they stand in world football now. So I don't mm-hmm. really think... It's justified sacking him from that team. Klinsmann's not a bad shit. Like he took he took Germany to the World Cup semi final in 06, you know, which is in Germany would be a mm. somewhat of a comparable association to England in terms of size and, and you know the, their league and their metrics and whatnot. So I could see Klinsmann, but I mean, yeah, he's just the USA one has been it's been really indifferent. You know what I mean? It's been good moments, mm. bad moments. I don't think he's really. He's kind of weighs more awareness, and I think the game's growing there, but I don't think he's really brought the USA into that kind of next level that they're trying to get into. But they're still lacking the kind of world superstar as well, or yeah. just quality of players that we're yeah. going to take them to that next level, because, you know, like the last World Cup, they fell out to Belgium, mm-hmm. and they, they took it to extra time in fairness, but that a lot of people were raving about that Belgium team, mm-hmm. saying, you know, maybe that World Cup was still a bit bit too young for them, but that mm-hmm. they were going to do some damage in the Euros. And it was a relatively... I wouldn't say unknown 
USA side, but it was a lot of mediocre players, and he took mm-hmm. a big gamble as well, dropping uh, Landon Donovan as well. Well, the, yeah. And they had that game where Tim Howard made, what, like 26 sides? Well, yeah, that was the Belgium, Belgium game, game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. The, the, um, like, there's there's all those names on that list, but at the end of the day, I think the England manager role is a poison chalice. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, like, an, like it's the hardest job. It's probably the hardest job next being a Prime Minister, you know what I mean? Yeah. It really is. Like, in terms of public yeah. scrutiny, uh, yeah. there's probably not a job in England that's more... Well, you're talking 50 years since you've got a manager that yeah. is deemed successful. I mean... Yeah. Um, Daniel, you're, you're on about uh, the piece in The Guardian today by um, Daniel, Daniel Taylor. Taylor. Uh, the the lead to that was very, very good. It was spoke about a cartoon that was, mm-hmm. it's in a museum in Manchester and it's the, the interview, um, inter, it's an interview yeah. for the England manager role and they said, okay, you're hired, but if you lose one, if you lose one, uh, game. one game on the trot, you're sacked. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the England manager, yeah. manager role is and the players they have at the minute, I don't think they have the players to win a major tournament. They don't. Well, they, they, they've they have a lot of talented players that would be enticing, you know, for, for a manager to come along. Like, you do, you've got guys, there's a lot like Deli Ali, Harry Kane, you know, you've got Walker, Rose. There's a good core nucleus there of players that are coming through. Eric Dare, you know, that are that are promising and that you can build something around. But there's just probably England. Every England just have, running. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, top number probably what? The second best team apart from Manchester City? Like, who's coming through? Yeah. Maybe Sterling, revitalized Stones. Mm-hmm. But, you know? These players just don't perform in the big stage. No, I mean, it's, it's the same like, problem. Where, where, was Harry, where was Harry? Could you take a lesson Euros? from Manchester United last week and just say that this current England team was falling over for the exact same reasons Man United seemed to be falling over before they go and they absolutely dominated Leicester and that's Wayne Rooney who's 200 to 1 to get the job as manager by the way (laughs) (laughs) well he'll have a lot of time now to contemplate (laughs) he's not going to be busy with football I mean at the minute the group they're in I think they can get away with playing Rooney and I think if you you give Rooney the chance to equal the scoring record or beat the scoring record or whatever and then just just drop them out of the team, get rid but then of them. Then you've got this. Kind you, of no, you have no obligation to play Rooney yeah. at all. Hmm. Uh, I think Harry Kane was like, you, <coughs> where was Harry Kane in the Euros? He just didn't turn up. Jimmy Vardy, I don't think is is the player that he was last year. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look. He doesn't look any. Daniel Sturridge is not playing. That, out. Daniel yeah. Sturridge is injured. Uh, <laughs> well, he's I mean, not at the moment. He will be soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I mean, there's, Rashford. There's, no, Rashford's the. I think he. he it's Rashford is only a matter of time. Only a matter of time before he breaks in. Like they have, they have the players that, on paper, they're a fantastic side, but they just don't perform in major tournaments. Mm-hmm. So it's a point. It's a point. Well, yeah. Why, 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 why mean, would you at, take the job? Look at Roy. Roy won ten games in in qualifying, exactly. and and they lost to Iceland. Embarrassment. You know what I mean? And. I mean that's that's and the Hodgson. I think Hodgson was lucky to even keep the job after the World Cup. To be honest, because yeah. I didn't think that I thought he was kind of come on a major fire. But it's um it's a it's a thankless job. There's nothing so you, unless you win the World Cup, unless you win the Euros or make a final, semi final, and they just they've shown repeatedly like the sample size is really it's big enough and clear enough now that you know it's a uh, yeah it's high paying job. That's that's yeah. that's what you're apart, apart from the big paycheck you're going to get. Why would you take the England job? Yeah, you have to, to weigh that. Yeah. There's <laughs> it has to be the paycheck. It, well, it has to be the paycheck. I mean, that's, why, a, that's, that's, that's your place in history. Anybody well. taking well, look, look, look at O'Neill, look at O'Neill and Ireland. Why take yeah, Why take the Ireland job? Why take an international football job? Well, but it's, it's a, because you're getting millions for what's essentially a part-time yeah, work. I mean, yeah. all he has to do is go to to go to f- domestic football games for. I mean, you have to have scouts, but I mean, you, you've got enough scouts. All these associations have enough mm. scouts. I mean, the FAI more than God knows they have enough. You know, 
Um, so it's, it doesn't really... I don't know what the real enticement with, with international football is because as you've seen with, with Roy, you know, you can go, all, you can win all your games and you lose one big game or, you you know, you're not deemed to be getting the best out of your players and, you know, it's it's lights out. Exactly. Yeah, so just a story which is literally just broken out eight minutes ago on the mail which is suggesting that Allardyce was a partner in a company that appears to run a boutique hotel in Newcastle alongside Wayne Rooney and Joe Hart, among others. Is this already a vested interest if you're running a company with with two two of your squad players? Yeah. yeah it is. is this already like another Wayne thing Rooney? that's surfacing? Is Wayne Rooney on that list? Wayne Rooney and Joe Hart. Well, there you go. With the that two most criticised players at the last European Championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is, is it really, I don't know, it, says, it's hard, like, it says after, like, the precise nature of any business arrangement is not available to the male at the time, but on the face of it, it might be problematic for an England manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just don't, I don't think, I don't think Wayne Rooney or Joe Hart are really in any great danger of taking over, of keeping their places in the squad. I just I, in, in the starting 11, I just mm. can't see it. Like, Rooney's not going to be playing week in, week out for United. And Joe Hart is, in, you know, he's over in Torino and they beat Roma 3-1 on the weekend. And he's been, you know, he's. But how much? Yeah. Well, what about what about Fraser Forrester? Like, I mean, yeah, Fraser he, Jack Jack Bolton. You know, I, I would put. I'd well, Jack, Jack Jack's he's he's injured now. I'm I'm talking about long term. Oh yeah, though, yeah, you know? yeah. Long term Jack Butland, absolutely. I yeah. think Fraser Forrester deserved to be number one. Yeah. Uh, at the European Championships, but he just never got the call up because Joe Hart was there. Well, you yeah. imagine um, he'd have to start phasing himself into it now because yeah. playing in it for a mid-table Italian team is really isn't so although really exactly. if you believe the reports out in Italy it's 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 hard given this era of swagger and confidence <laughs> to Torino the it's key like, to the city of Turin at this yeah, stage yeah, yeah, but he hasn't been playing well <laughs> I mean they got a marquee result against Roma there at the weekend alright and apparently yeah. Hart had an okay game but at the same time like Roma aren't a great away side in yeah. Syria they don't win a lot of away games they tend to draw may have a lot of one-all draws which is why Juventus seem to get away so mm-hmm. far so I don't know, like, I didn't notice the English media picking up on Torino's results so much last season, but then, you know... Of course not. Why would they? All of a sudden, now, Joe Hart said they beat Roma, but a lot of teams beat Roma last year. I'll be honest, I can't name one Torino player outside of Joe Hart. I just just, just can't. The zero immobile days are past. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. But honestly, honestly, you can't tell me Harry Redknapp was not pulling similar stunts. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Like, this Harry. is this is a guy who do coach Jordan. You know what I mean? And Harry tax Redknapp. evasion, like like yeah. I, I'm I'm waiting for Red Knapp's name. Completely. All those all those guys are. But that's why he's like, oh, absolutely. he's he's a wheeler and dealer. He knows yeah. how to work the transfer market. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he does know how to work the transfer market, but not in the fucking way that you're thinking. Like oh. they say that about Harry Redknapp, like all the yeah. time, and it's like oh, he's a Nico Crancher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did he get Sonny Montari? It's like, oh, I fucking wonder, like... <laughs> Christ. Well, you look at the Premier League now, though, and it's just full, absolutely full of massive players, though. Yeah, like, yeah. Me and you were talking about this the other day. Like, yeah. I hadn't really you watched a lot see, of West Ham games. There's never... What is the track history of a player moving from Juventus to a club like Swansea? Yeah. <laughs> and yet, just yeah, it's yeah. out there. Fernando Yoriente is yeah, up front for Swansea. Like, Zaza up front for West Ham. Yeah, and then yeah. Pierre is there at Watford. And you're like, hang on, yeah. you, all these players were involved in a really Michi deep Pai. Champions League run with Juventus there yeah. two yeah. years ago I yeah. forgot Lorente who was playing for Swansea so did I Angelo, Angelo <laughs> Bonner, <bro. laughs> like, he doesn't get playing yeah. Yeah. I don't know it's just gonna get, it's gonna get even bigger and bigger I suppose as, the, as time goes on because but, that's only like they haven't even received this TV money deal like that no. they're supposed to get so 1.17 uh, billion in the transfer window that's yeah. all by English clubs like, and, and, and Nick Rado's yeah, playing for Middlesbrough now as well yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
like so many of them. And you follow the dog through the summer transfer window, and like you kind of raise a few eyebrows looking at it now. And then, like, is, it, is it this not going to be better though for? Cause it, it's the kind of that like is this going to be worse for English football and say better for French football? Like for instance, <laughs> like Championship spent more money over the summer. The championship, they won the Premier League, then yeah. the French League won. So the idea is that the best internationals in League One, in Syria, in the Bundesliga, will get eventually plucked into the Premier League. So those countries, those teams are going to be have to be funded with more academy players, which will yeah. be mostly French, German, yeah. in their own countries. You know what I mean? So I can only imagine... But then it's the level of football, isn't it? Like, yeah. the, there's no point in Leon going in and getting trashed. That way for Juventus, though, they just like they seem to have a few players nicked to the lower Premier League thirds, but they've. Uh, I mean, they probably no, need, but like, but obviously your PSGs, your PSGs, yeah. your Bayerns, and your Juventus aren't going to struggle. But they, I'm more oh, talking about they just snapped up the rest of the league straight off. Like, it's like yeah, yeah, Pajnic from Roma. Yeah, we'll have him. We'll yeah. take Higuain off Napoli. And, Danny Alves, what uh, are you Danny up to? Alves is, he's <laughs> yeah. pretty good, I heard. Like. So yeah, yeah they're, they're no worse off than they would stand. The like the board just sitting down and they're like, right, so we lost. We lost him, him, and him, and him. Yeah. Who's good in our league? Who can we? Who can we? Do? Oh yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. You've, already, you've already dominated the league. Meanwhile, Iguain has scored thirty six goals for Napoli, which is a is a record. Like, yeah, it like, was. Yeah. yeah. Take him so. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, how, it's same, how much further can you pull away? It's <laughs> like, the same. Although they really spread the lot from it, the patient and always from. But uh, like Dor- Dortmund, they, again, they, like they lost McTarian. They lost. Uh, they lost a good few players. Gundogan. Yeah. You can just imagine this. Just sat down. Okay, so. Who who's good in the German league? Oh, we had Goethe. He used to play for us. He might <laughs> yeah, be yeah. Uh, Schürrle, He who's he playing? He's from he's from yeah. Wolfsburg. Yeah, he'll come. Yeah. like I mean, they just replaced them with. It's just it's Bayern. Bayern pick yeah. from Dortmund. Dortmund pick from the yeah, rest. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's, it's a hierarchy. Like, but you can't imagine an English English team being able to do that. I mean, United have been in search for four years well, of like trying to rebuild their team and then. Well, it looks like it's going. Well, look at look at Liverpool Southampton transfer market. Liverpool's the same as Southampton. Yeah. It's just, you know, Liverpool at uh, the Bayern and then Southampton with the Dortmund. And, and I've Dortmund seen the statistic this season that they bought every player who scored a goal against Southampton since Southampton got promoted. <laughs> 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 every single Southampton player to scored a goal against Liverpool in the yeah. last two, two yeah. seasons. <laughs> I, I actually think, I was, I was saying this earlier on during the week, like I just think what, I think overall, like pound for pound, I think Southampton have some of the smartest executives mm. in the mm. Premier League as a whole. Had they been able to, you know, go from Pochettino to Coleman and now Pugh, I know Pugh had a bit of a rough start, but they've won like four in a row now. Yeah. All the players they've lost, you know, you know, the Klein, Lalana. To be able uh, to maintain that level. Lovren, Mane, Luke Shaw, you know, Wanyama, they've lost like literally the guts of their team over and over again and they've just continually found ways to rebuild and, you, and reboot. You kind of forget, you forget that Southampton were only promoted to the Premier League, was, was it six years ago? They weren't even in the Championship. Five, five years ago. Yeah. Nine years ago. Yeah. Like, they've they've established this reputation in the Premier League as just yeah, a, like a solid sixth, seventh place. Like. Well, as, as a solid builder for the top four, yeah. top five teams, you know. <laughs> I mean, even go back further than that, you got Walcott, Bale, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. That, that kind of comes down to transfers again, though. Like, I mean, <coughs> Southampton have been plucked and plucked and plucked, but mm-hmm. they continue to like have these players coming in to just yeah. solidify. Well, it's, the, it's smart people that are good at identifying game. talent. Like, why, why can't the bigger teams do that? I mean, I'll, I'll go back to well, United. Like, f- we've been waiting four years for a, a manager to come in and rebuild the team. Like, Yeah. Why can't we? Why can't we do it the way Southampton? <laughs> yeah. Uh, why can't we do it the way Juventus did it? The way. Well, Dortmund I mean, did it Chelsea. Way? Chelsea's the perfect example. They really are. It's like you know, Chelsea have defensive problems. Okay, we'll get we'll get Alonso for twenty three million, and we'll go mm. by David Luiz, a guy 
who I think is pound for pound with those overrated players <laughs> in all of football. Awful. Like 32 million for a guy that has consistently proven over the course of his career that he cannot defend in high level <laughs> football games. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure if he's playing for like a cha- if he's playing for like Brighton, I'm sure David Luiz will be a top championship defender. <laughs> but at like a top level Champions League, Premier League football, the guy's just continually proven he can't defend at that level. So rather than, you know, promoting guys from their youth like a Baba Raman or Aki you know, who are out on loan. Chelsea have over 40 players out on loan. Yeah, 40, I think and, it was 48 mm. the last time I read that yeah. they're out on loan. And every and, time there's a problem at the club, they just go, okay, we'll throw 23 million at this guy, yeah. 30 million at that guy. When they have, you know, it's like, what's the point in investing all this money in an academy? If we'll go, we'll go quickly back to international management and we'll take it to our side of the pond. Martin O'Neill has signed an extension with his Republic of Ireland contract. Uh, Jack O'Toole, is this good news? This is this is news. Um, <laughs> this is news that has been really delayed for the last couple of months. I think the more questions is over. Look, he's going to come out and say publicly that he wasn't hedging his bets. That he's always, you know, like five months to say, okay, the verbal agreement is we've agreed a verbal agreement. That's okay. That's all right. Um, and then, but it's like, okay, why why haven't you signed? Is it money? Is it you know? Is it because you've done better at the Euros? You've agreed a contract in you know in verbal terms before the Euros Alan had a really good Euros is it finances is it control you know we've obviously seen O'Neill at Villa if he, had, he didn't get full control over the club so he just yeah. he left but I think he was hedging his bets you know what I mean I can't see why why he wasn't you know what I mean I think he was holding out for one of those Premier League jobs it didn't come but he did and, say after 2015 that Leicester yeah. offered him the job after we drew with Scotland in the Aviva I think it was June it was just, it was, it was around it was, that time anyway. It was a draw against Scotland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but look, well, I think I think Leicester are happy enough. Yeah. They, they got on just fine. He's not going to come out and say, actually, you know what, guys, I was waiting for a Premier League offer, but now yeah. that it didn't come and it wasn't the right one, I'm all up for let's let's gear up again and let's go down into this next World Cup campaign. But in terms of O'Neill as a manager, um, yeah, he's done a good job with Ireland. You know what I mean? He got the most out of this squad. Yeah. Uh, what he yeah. could got, he got the most out of this squad. I mean, obviously, look, I think there's it's, it's such an old squad. There's no real sign of young stars breaking mm. through, which is a problem with Irish football as a whole and directly yeah. Matt O'Neill's fault. Um, but, yeah, he's I think he's the right man to, to lead the job, whether he was 100% committed to it um, over the summer. Mm. I'm not too sure. <coughs> but um, I think, yeah, in terms of keeping Keane on as well, it's 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 a high-profile and high-costing mm. uh, managership group. Um, but it's it's one that you can't really knock after, given what's happened over the summer and what happened in the build-up to the Euros. I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate here right, and say, had this been Euro 2012 instead for, mm. Keane's, or for Martin O'Neill's reign, do you think he'd still be getting the same kind of praise? Because at the end of the day, we got through a playoff with Bosnia that wouldn't have been available to us had it not been a 2014 Euros. Mm-hmm. We get to the group stages, yeah. then we come third after beating Italy, which, okay, it was a great game and we were all high on emotion on the day, but yeah. we came third in the group and that's not enough in any other European tournament. That's gone by tournament. before. Yeah. yeah. And do you think this had an impact on... Oh, it definitely did. Like, like, do you think, had it been any other tournament we'd played in or had it just been the normal 16 teams that Mark O'Neill would still have this contract on the table? Mm. Well, did it not come down a bit to the FA? Were they not holding out a bit? <clears throat> I mean, you, you've been to the press conferences and stuff like that. People yeah. have been asking Mark O'Neill for months now why they're yeah, not yeah. signing a contract. Is it not come, a bit coming from both sides now? They were just waiting to see, like, would O'Neill leave... Like waiting to see, like they they didn't want to pay uh, O'Neill more money. Waiting mm-hmm. to see how he would get on. So if he's not signing a new contract, mm-hmm. out he goes. We think that's yes. money. If he signs yeah. a new contract, that's more money on the table. If if they have to sack him, they have to pay him. Yeah. If he had no contract, yeah. they didn't. 
I think so, I think he's probably smart enough to know that if he if he says, Oh yeah, I'd love to stay on at the job that the FAI straight away, you know, that they don't have to put as many numbers onto the sheet of paper as yeah. they will if he keeps quiet. Well, I think Mr Mr. D O B, Mr. Dennis O'Brien would have had this, there would have been contact <laughs> made with him because ultimately he's the guy that's funneling this mm-hmm. you know, O'Neill and and, uh, and Keane's salary. Because I usually think Ireland have a budget of around three hundred thousand, three hundred and fifty thousand for the international manager's job. O'Neill is getting upwards of one point two million. And I think Keane is on 700,000 up, you know, so like north of 700,000. So I think a lot of that, if we're going to say if the FAI, in terms of money, if they're trying to save money, I think a lot of that has to do with O'Brien. So I, I wonder how much, you know, how much conversations were had with him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think the FAI, because I mean, who else is they going to get in to get that job if O'Neill does decide to walk? I think, I think the most logical one and one that I've been... Uh, I'd probably be in really support of just giving out what he's done at Dundalk with the players that they've had. I think Stephen, Stephen Kenny, Kenny, yeah, yeah I think he's absolutely. the most qualified man. What he did with Derry as well. What he did with Derry and, and you know with Shamrock Rovers as well and Bowes. This guy's gone had success yeah. everywhere he's gone, and you know he's really taken a lot of would League you, of Ireland rejects. Would you Dundalk like to see a League of Ireland approach to like even if Stephen Kenny? Oh, no, well, the League, I think the League of Ireland is run like I'm a disaster. Gonna, so even if he wanted to hold on to Dundalk, say, and Pat Fenlon was in the running, what would you take of that? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I've just no. I don't. But I think Pat Fenlon would be. I think he did a lot for Bowes, and I think he was unlucky to get sacked from here. I think he was shafted. I think he was shafted at Shamrock Rovers, but there's enough evidence there. I don't think Pat. I don't, don't think it's international job and the Irish job would be. It's, I think it's out of reach for him. I think it's, too, it's like, ahead of his. It's ahead of his skill level. The FA mm. don't respect the League of Ireland enough to appoint no. a League of Ireland manager. I mean, no. But Ste- Stephen Kenny's done a fantastic job. There's no arguing. Yeah, there. yeah. But, but do you think they could look at the north? end of the day, League of Ireland. And look at what happened with Michael O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. Who was uh, like most successful club manager in the Republic of Ireland, and yeah. he did so well. Like Northern Ireland, they had a better qualifying campaign than the Republic. Mm-hmm. And like I know they didn't have to play any Germany's or Poland's of this world, but mm-hmm. their their run in the Euros and the qualification campaign was better than ours, if at least just as good, if not yeah. better. Yeah. Well, they didn't have a Germany or Poland, I suppose, to compete yeah. with against. Well, they, they did at the Euros, but That's not, it, uh, yeah. you know, not in the build-up, I suppose. Um, but yeah, no, I think there is improvement. But I don't think Kenny. I mean, it's hard to see Kenny going straight from Dundalk right into the Irish job. You know, maybe, maybe if O'Neill, um, you know, O'Neill did back mm. out, maybe there could have been, you know, a right time, right place kind of element yeah. to yeah. it. But I think Kenny is probably more realistically. I think the next step for him will probably be to go to a championship club um, yeah. after this. Because I can't see him going either straight from you know Dundalk to a Premier League club. I think, yeah, the one problem you have would be the egos because mm-hmm. you just don't have as many in a League of Ireland dressing room as you would expect no. he would have in a championship or a Premier League club. No. No, I mean, there's a big difference between managing David McMillan and having, um, you know, Slatin <laughs> Ibrahimovic to contend with. Like, it's it's you're gonna get a yeah. certain level of back. And it's look, it's it's a different world. Like for those that don't go to League of Ireland games, it very much has the feel sometimes of like your local so, GAA club. It Sunday really does. Football. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, oh, yeah. It, everyone knows you can talk to any of the players after the game. There's you know, it's not like you're having having to go through really a long list of PR people and uh, you know club security, club staff. <laughs> the players aren't ushered off into some massive bus like they're mm. most of the time hanging around the dressing room hanging around the bar even after oh, games yeah. you, can, you know you can so go onto the pitch and just have a chat with have them. a chat <laughs> like it's it's very it's a low key atmosphere where Premier League is obviously you know you couldn't fire it without having to get clear <laughs> you, know? you really couldn't so 
you wouldn't find him in Wetherspoons at 10 o'clock no, on Friday no, no. night. Well, maybe Andy, Andy Carroll, you could. You could probably find them, you know, parading the streets, but by and large, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, good. that's great, lads. Uh, thanks very much. Right, up next, we're going to be talking rugby. Uh, we're going to have GAA, and we will also have the Chews in cycling. I will love it if we can oh, yeah. We're not here. Oh, we're not